Welcome right into the show. You're tuned in to The Justly Impact. I am your host, Josh Carey. This show is brought to you by investjustly.com, encouraging you to invest your principal with principal. I always love that tag. On today's show, we got a great one for you. Today, we're going to be explaining the why, the W-H-Y, the why in diversity. Similar visions with different work styles facilitate creative dissonance. And we're going to show two sides of the coin like we do. On one side, we have a perspective on minority leaders and employees with disabilities. And on the other side, it's a perspective on impact investing from quantitative data to nonprofits. And to help us on both sides of the coin, we have Nish Parikh, who's the CEO of Rangam. They're a staffing agency specializing in, get this, neurotypical and neurodiverse talent and integrating veterans and individuals with disabilities into the workforce. And to help us on the other side of the same exact coin, we have Paul Carlson Willis, the CEO of Justly. You know they're an impact broker dealer with investment banking and crowdfunding services with a 10% net revenue donation to nonprofits in the impact space. This is certainly going to be an impactful episode. <laughs> So happy to welcome you both. So let's get right into it with you, Nish. I love this idea of Rangam. You're a staffing agency that focuses on neurotypical and neuro neurodiverse talent into the workforce. I have to ask, what brought you to such an admirable place? Yeah. Uh, Josh, it, it has been an amazing journey of learning and uh um innovating in this space so uh, my personal journey started with a classroom in a special needs classroom with uh, six students uh from the transition transition classroom and uh, that's where we um i started learning about challenges faced by uh people uh young children on the spectrum to adults on the spectrum and through that, throughout their journey, we, we started building some technology to help them um, with the meaningful employment, starting with the education. Uh, in fact, starting with the screening and the assessment and then building the intervention programs and ultimately helping them build um, the meaningful, uh, helping them with the meaningful employment. So it has been an amazing journey and, and uh, throughout this journey, employment was the focus uh, where uh, you know as you know in united states one out of four individuals so between four of us at least one has uh, uh, three of us four of us three of us uh, one has a visible or invisible disability and only three out of ten are employed and these are the numbers which draw me personally and rangam as an organization that how can we create equitable environment so that when these individuals are hired, they are successful. Because when it comes to hiring people with disability or neurodiverse talent, hiring is not new to the world of employment. Hiring is not new to the society and all of us, to corporations. What is the challenge? The real challenge is sustaining this job. First is 
getting them to the the, the workforce and then second is the sustaining their 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 uh, environment and so that they are successful at the workplace so these are the this amazing learnings and observations and through which we started working with the experts from the disability community and 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 uh, employment uh, industry the the staffing industry and that's how we've been building this innovative models to build and sustain and scale up uh, disability hiring programs for companies. So I love this statistic. You said one out of four U.S. individuals have an invisible or visible disability. And of those, three out of 10 are employed. So the vast majority are unemployed. Help me understand what I don't know I don't know. From what you've seen, what are just those inherent challenges that are preventing the other 70% from, from gaining employment? Where is that challenge? So I would, I would categorize these challenges in two categories. One is pre-hire challenges and then post-hire challenges. Um, the pre-hire challenges are one of the biggest challenges how our interview process are built, um, mm. how our job descriptions are built, right? So wow. uh, in a typical environment, when the hiring manager is looking for uh, this particular role, they want pretty much everything. And in some cases, they will say it's nice to have. And as a neurodiverse candidate, sometimes, you know, I, I, pers- I, I take it, uh, you know, literally, and I screen myself out. I don't even, I will not apply. So some of those challenges is kind of, um, has is becoming a huge challenge for, for people with disability. Once I, you know, once let's say I apply and I get the interview, uh, then my second level of, of challenges starts. And that is, um, you know, how we phrase our questions, how we make those judgment calls as part of the interview process. And that's where they face challenge. So these are the two main challenges. And because of that, uh, seven out of 10, they are not able to get into the workforce. And then a lot of time, these three individuals out of 10 also, they, they even though they have a lot of abilities and a lot of strength, they are not pursuing their career in the area where their strengths are. So they are kind of compromising uh, in, in getting into the workforce and, and they are kind of in a lot of cases under under um, employed. Hmm. So that's the pre-employment uh, related challenge. And the post-employment is also another huge challenge. And I will give you one example. Someone whom we hired uh, came to me and uh, Hethel uh, after completing first year and person said, you know, this is my first time in last 13 years. I've completed one full year. And my caseworker from the state called me and uh, they are asking me if they, they can close the file. So this is very typical challenge, sustaining job at the workplace because of a lot of uh, assumptions, lack of knowledge, sometimes misunderstanding. And that's what is another huge challenge. So to conclude, I would say, you know, we did one research uh, survey and we asked this question to about 200 neurodiverse candidates. And the question was, what do you look for when you apply for a job? 
and 65% of their answer option they selected that I would like to work for a company where I'm not misunderstood. So that has been a huge challenge, post-hire challenge for sustaining their jobs. What's so incredible is that I'm sure 100% of the people in life want that exact same thing. So it's good to see you focusing yeah, on what you absolutely. are. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Paul, um, I'd love to hear from you. You're, of course, uh, the CEO of Justly, the very company that is powering this entire show. Um, tell me how you found yourself um, working with companies that are doing the great impact work. What was your journey bringing you to this moment? Um, so, I, I, you know, I started in this business many, many years ago. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough <clears throat> to have a good boss who understood me. Um, and I was a messenger boy actually running around London, delivering mail in the financial district. Hmm. And as I say, the key thing was my first boss. Um, I was very pushy. Um, I was very front and center. Um, and, you know, I, I was young and, and had an interesting attitude, to say the least. Um, and I had a boss who basically understood that and was like, okay, this is how I'm going to teach you. This is how I'm going to bring you on. So rolling forward, you know, I've been in the financial services business now for 39 years. Um, as a result of that particular boss, I learned the ins and outs of the business from front to back and been able to set up various businesses for the likes of Fidelity, <clears throat> various global broker dealers. Uh, I think I've traded in every country. I've settled in every country when it comes to uh, equity business. Um, but when I was at FIDO, um, one of the things that happened was my wife got a job with Special Olympics. And she was the office manager at Special Olympics. And um, we were at one of their charity functions. And her boss tapped me on the shoulder and went, ever run a golf event? And my wife was like, no, get out of there. No, you're not having this conversation. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can run a charity golf event. I've never done it before, but I'll do it. And that ended up uh, being somewhere in the region of seven years that I ended up doing uh, the charity golf event that thanks to great friends across the industry that supported me, uh, we raised just under a million dollars over those, those seven years. And um, as part of that process, um, my wife and I and, and a good friend set up a soccer program for Special Olympics. And what that really taught me, and, and this is why I love where I am and I love what Rangam's doing, is that I used to coach a Division One girls soccer team, right? We went to state finals and they were great. And um, I then started, as I say, the Special Olympic program, and I had all the same equipment that I used for my Division One team, right? And we made sure every kid had a great uniform. We gave them a ball. We gave them a backpack. We did everything. But we set up the training exactly as I did a division one team. And we told parents from the get go, these kids are 
our athletes. These, these are going to be coached as soccer players. They're not being coached because they have a disability. We're going to coach them as soccer players. And the key question that we asked every parent is, what's the button? What's the thing that we need to know best to communicate with your child? We did all the same drills. Every single one of these kids was capable of doing the same drills, going through the same practice. The difference between coaching them and coaching my Division I team was I had to be more focused on the individual. Not to say I wasn't focused on the individuals in my Division I team, but in this case, I had to put a bit more focus into it. And what it taught me when I was coaching these, these great individuals was how to be a better boss. Because instead of going into work every day going, hey, I have a team who knows everything and everyone's the same, you start realizing that everybody that you engage with is different. Everyone has a button. Some people in your team want to be praised. Some team want to be driven harder. Some team, some people would rather have praise than a bonus. Others, it's only about money. But, but you need to understand that to be able to communicate better. And that's what that coaching taught me. And now being able to be at an organization like Justly, which is the reason I jumped here. Um, and I was working at a great company uh, called Stonex. Um, the reason I jumped was, hey, I can make an impact here. I can take that passion from the Special Olympics and the other organizations I've worked with on the nonprofit side and truly make an impact and work with people like Rangam, work with people like um, uh, the CEO Commission, which is for the National Down Syndrome Society, who are trying and working very, very hard to get the disability uh, community more roles in, in employment. That's absolutely fascinating. Spell it out for us because you um, justly is not just a company out in the playing field trying to make their best impact. You actually help one to many, meaning your clients. Well, well, you tell me who are your clients that you're basically helping, right, to spread the impact far and wide. What do you yeah. do? <clears throat> so we do it do it in many ways, right? So um, the interesting thing I think is how we we Nisha and I got to to meet each other. Um, you know, uh, Jussie's very much uh, active with the Flutie Foundation. Um, we use John's uh, crazy socks. Again, they are uh, um, a minority-owned business. They they hire a lot of people with disabilities. So we use them for promotional socks. Um, and I'm, let, I make sure I get you some, Josh. Um, but so we started working with them. And again, Niche had a relationship with those people. So we started to reach out to Niche because Justly wanted to look at how we could hire people with disabilities, right? We, 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 we are very diversified, but we don't have people with disabilities. And the reason being is we didn't know how to hire someone with a disability. Mm -hmm. Because when you go to a lot of these, the, these companies, they don't have them. They don't send you those resumes or they don't have those people 
on file to be able to send those resumes to you. So we reached out to Rangam exactly for that. We wanted to work with them and we have, we've, we've signed up with them to, to actually be able to hire and see people across the border of different diversities and different abilities. It just happened that Rangam were also looking to raise money, which is what we do. So then Nish become a client of Justly's and we're helping them do a raise right now uh, for their company. Um, but we work with other companies like Rangam across the board in the impact space, uh, uh, disability owned businesses. We have like flags of valor, which is a company that is set up by a veteran and hires mm -hmm. veterans. Mm -hmm. um, to other companies that, you know, are in geothermal uh, energy or in EV charging. So all of these companies are looking to make an impact today. And I think that's the key thing with Justly. We want people who are making an impact today. Rangam's making an impact today. And we really want people to understand that that's key right now and can be done. A lot of people think about ESG and it's like, oh, that's five, 10, 20 years away. No, the technology's here. People like Ramgam and Nisha here. It can be done today and it is being done today. So Nish, you heard Paul say, which I'm guessing you hear quite a bit in your world. He said, we didn't know how to hire someone with disabilities. Do you find that your time is spent on both sides of the street, meaning you have to work with and educate the CEOs and the HR divisions? And you're also working with those with disabilities to understand how to make that match. Yes. Yes. So, so our, as a workforce solution company, our focus is work with CEOs and the leaders, chief procurement officer, HR officer. These are the typical sponsors of our programs. And on the other side, we are working with providers, not-for-profit organizations. Um, um, and this organization in the United States, there are about 14,000, 15,000 not-for-profits. They are working with people with disability, preparing them for work. And we are kind of a liaison and a connector between them and the talent and the corporations. Because we know procurement, we know hiring processes, we have those uh, contracts and platform where we can bring in the, this talent and we can leverage some of those existing hiring methods which these companies are using. So uh, starts with the education, then, um, then, then second step is how do we help them identify those right jobs where we can do a better matching because as we know uh, every individual with disability is different their strengths and their abilities are different. It's our role, how we match that with the right job in order to make that employment successful. So we do that type of identifying the right job, uh, educating the employers. And then most importantly, what we believe that before we bring in the talent, even for the interview, we need to make sure that there is awareness, there is a training, there people, they know how to 
work and communicate better uh, with people with disability as as Paul mentioned earlier that when we when we build when we make those uh, those improvement in our communication improvement in our screening process improvement in our interview process um, you know this universal design concept is helping these organizations become a better organization better interview best practices better onboarding processes because that's another huge challenge faced by people with disabilities so what we do is we we learn their onboarding current practices and then we help them make it more universal easy to understand easy to uh, you know adopt and implement so we customize this and help them and then at one point it becomes their program it becomes their part of their system of hiring people with disability. What is the one thing, Nish, you can leave us with for the executive or business person tuning in who says, oh my goodness, yes, I know that this needs to become part of our practice. What is that one, I don't know if it's a mental shift or just piece of insight that they can know going forward down this path out of the gate, what's the first thing they should really know going into this? So one thing is when the the talent acquisition or procurement and sourcing teams are looking for talent, they are looking at only three out of four. So they are missing out 25% of the eligible workforce. So that's untapped talent. And then second piece is Hiring this untapped talent is, is not a rocket science. It's not too complex. If we have the right systems in place, right processes in place. So I would say hiring people with disability has three main component, people, processes, and technology. You have to be better prepared with people, processes, and technology in order to bring in this untapped talent uh, to, to, to the workforce. And, that's the true innovation. When you have diversity in your workforce, it is it is uh, you know great for the organization. And in this particular case, um, you know uh, one of the research tells us that millennials and the new generation they will take pay cut if wow. the company has social impact component part of their their initiatives. So the new generation and the trend is going towards that. So it is not just a charity. It's not just a right thing to do, but it's great for the business. What an incredible conversation. Certainly just scratched the surface, but I truly hope we scratched it deep enough for the listener to get involved, take action, and do what they know they need to be doing next. I want to thank Nish Parikh, who's the CEO of Rangam at Rangam.com. That's R-A-N-G-A-M. Dot com And of course, Paul Carlson Willis, the CEO of Justly, the very company powering this entire show. Uh, you can reach Paul and look to invest in a company like Rangam uh, by visiting investjustly.com. They are the impact broker dealer with investment banking and crowdfunding services. That'll do it for this episode. I hope you got some value. Please continue to do the great impactful work. We'll see you next time. Take care.